that's why it's so important to go inwards and, and literally knowing you know what can be changed wh- wh- how, how what i am not letting go of uh, how can i can i you know improve on my health how can i um, eat better how can i deal with stress better how can i enjoy this this moment how can i you know how can how can i be a better person and not necessarily thinking oh when i will be healthy again but thinking in terms of like now i am a healthy being how how does feeling healthy feels like how does a person who has vitality how does a person who feels like Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Grasshopper podcast. I'm Yasmin, founder of the Grasshopper and today I'm here with Charlene Mercia, Soap Cafe, founder of Soap Cafe and beautiful inspirational soul. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Charlene. Thank you for hosting me. As you may have known from hearing other episodes of the podcast, the inspiration behind these talks and conversations are to bring a wider discussion around health in general. Yes. So far we've had a very big diversity, you know, from permaculture to Nathan with his ultra marathon running, <laughs> to Maria and her journey of starting the conscious business. So the idea is to just, as I said, broaden the discussion. Yes. Health is such, Such a, a big, a vast, uh, yes, health is basically not, most people associate maybe even health with just food, but health is uh, health being uh, healthy in the mind, in the soul, at spirit, on a spiritual level, on a, so there are some, it's such, it's so vast that you cannot just say like health is this or it is that, you know, being healthy for me also means like being being content in my, in, in, into my own being, into my own body, feeling good about myself, and feeling good. What does feeling good mean? <laughs> you know, feeling good again. There's also foods. I mean, so uh, it's one of the reasons why I also set up glamorosity, for example. And, and uh, most people associate, for example, for those who don't know my my uh, my story. Last year, I was diagnosed with cancer and. And basically, this kind of reshaped um, who I am. Literally, it changed me from from um, uh, how can I say from being a, an entrepreneur who was focused on obviously health from a skincare point of view, from a to someone who um, became more um, let's say spiritual in a way. Uh, Kind of becoming more more open to things, uh, um, such as again meditation. We're talking about meditation um, uh, for a variety of things. Really. So maybe so let's maybe go in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So obviously before your diagnosis, you mm-hmm. were already very into health, very yes, aware yes, of yes, the yes. physical yes. of the body. How we eat, what we put on our skin, uh, the effects that we do to um, whatever we do, we're affecting us of the environment. So yeah. all this was already present. Yeah. But then obviously the diagnosis, it seems like it shifted very much 
your focus and your understanding of what it means to be healthy more into the mental and emotional aspect. Yes, and exactly. Level. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, um, uh, when you're faced with a, a diagnosis which can basically uh, uh, lead you to death. <laughs> um, uh, Funny, I'm, I'm laughing at it, but yes. Um, uh, somehow, I used to be much more afraid of that. Nowadays, it's, it's kind of... It, I have this understanding that that is just a natural part of, you know, life. <laughs> you know, this isn't just... So, kind of accepting the fact that we are vulnerable to... You know, we're just vulnerable people. <laughs> we're just vulnerable beings, you know. So, when you say that... Of reflecting on death and obviously getting this diagnosis and having to face your own mortality was a big part in what made you realize that health is not just a physical. Yes, because um, a lot of people tend to from uh, so I'm a person who tends to uh, or as used to think more on the kind of logical. Uh, I tend to have the more male. Um, uh, Okay, so traits as regards everything has to be logical, everything has to kind of make sense, everything from that type of aspect. My femininity were always kind of a bit um, lacking, <laughs> you know, in that sort of sense. But what I mean is the the basically the the fact that you are faced with a. Um, a looking at the mirror and actually seeing something completely different than from you're used to um, kind of shifts you in a different it's very difficult to explain but but kind of shifts you to start thinking of your purpose in life um, whether what I'm what I was doing was uh, um, was actually right or I mean, just literally, you just you just say like, is it worth, for example, um, for example, working hard? <laughs> is it worth? Is it worth it? Like, really be be like obsessed with something, or kind of really try to to fight against currents and kind of really try to change the world, and and then you start realizing that. This is not about changing the world, but changing yourself. <laughs> it has nothing to do with changing the world. <laughs> I start rethinking and thinking like, what, what if I change myself? What if, um, what if I change the way how I see life? What if I change the way how I handle stress, the way how I see work, the way how... Um, uh, rather than being angry at someone because he or she is not understanding my point of view, um, I'm just ex accepting the fact that maybe it's not the right time for that person to, to understand the concept. Um, and then you kind of start, uh, you start kind of cal calm down a bit. Uh, and then once you, I, from my experience, even when I wrote about it, when I wrote about uh, the, the journey, something which most people know me from, from I mean, know what I've passed through because I, I obviously was also writing about it, writing online about it, it's like a blog. Um, mind you, it wasn't pre-planned. <laughs> it wasn't something, all right, I've got that castle, let me write about it. It wasn't pre-planned, it didn't happen that way. It's just... 
writing was a way how to um, how to manifest certain thoughts into something which was more visual, in a sense. Um, and by by seeing my own thoughts in a way, by seeing them in in in, in a hard copy type of uh, form format, um, I was I was kind of uh, literally just just being like kind of stepping out of my of my own self and seeing what was passing through my my physical brain, and then. In a way, change, change it, change it. So while I was writing, I was again deleting certain things because I was like, all right, why am I writing this? Why am I thinking this way? How can I make it better? And by doing so, by changing myself, it was affecting others as well. In a sense, that since obviously these writings were kind of published on, on, online, it reached a lot of people as well and without me knowing in a sense without me doing it purposely for that reason it was helping others passing through a difficult time doesn't have to be cancer but it it helped them go through maybe separation or or or, um, having been diagnosed with something else doesn't have to be um, uh, cancer but it could be a variety of things and people related to those feelings and kind of they managed to almost like change themselves as well along the process and through that that through that understanding it was it kind of created this viral uh, thing <laughs> anyway as I said it was weird because it was never intended that right I think looking and reflecting on things the way that you think, especially when you see things that you shouldn't really be thinking or that you'd rather yeah. not think. Exactly. It, it takes a bit of bravery and a bit of courage, especially if you're doing this publicly. Yeah. You say, okay, wow, well, I'm having these negative thoughts or these stressful um, perspectives. How can I go in and change them? I think a lot of people, obviously, when they see someone else taking that step and owning even the negative... It gives them that permission to say, okay, I can yes. do that too. Exactly. I mean, we live in a society where, you know, everything is photoshopped and, yes. you know, women on billboards are, yeah. don't look their natural self. So it's very <laughs> good for us as a culture to be able to say, oh, I'm not feeling good. Even. Yes. Um, but I also kept in mind, while I was, since I knew that they were going public... I felt a certain responsibility in the way how I wrote, in a sense that I didn't try to be liked, mind you. It wasn't the it wasn't the intention at all. I could, I mean, it could have not even been seen by most people. Um, but since I knew that this was going public, I felt a responsibility to make sure that. I don't put certain negativity in in those phrases. Why? Because we already are quite bombarded by media, whether it's TV, the news, um, uh, even a lot of different types of news uh, on, on social media. You know, they put 
different articles and it's it's also tends to be yes there are many photoshopped lives but there are also many who indulge in negativity as well so the way how i saw it is was i didn't, i didn't want to put anything that kind of uh, made people feel like they are con- being dragged down you know being dragged to a, a negative space you wanted to empower people yes that that was basically it i mean i felt empowered and i felt that this was a message that taught me so while i was writing again it's very strange to talk about it because sometimes i actually re- go back to to what i've wrote and almost kind of think like was it me who I wrote, who wrote this 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 uh, story or whatever journey blog um and kind of because while i was writing for some weird reason i was not kind of completely in a way myself i was just i i was a bit separate from my own self <laughs> How can I? I have no idea how I to explain this. Meditation is all about detaching yes. from your feelings. Exactly. So you're not caught up in it, but you're exactly. So that's basically so. So writing was in a way a sort of meditation for me. Just, just was literally a kind of re, re, seeing this from a different. I was seeing this from a different point of view, but kind of feeling that it it was important for me that um, I was not making people feel. Or else drag them to a dark, a dark space because it wasn't the intention. I think I be, I still believe that um, even though, all right, for those who are more into the natural, the alternative, um, uh, I had people who did not necessarily agree that I took the also the conventional route as chemotherapy, but I felt that. Um, uh, in my situation, I didn't just have... It was a very, very aggressive cancer. And um, as we know, natu- the natural approach can take some time. So even though, for example, I chose the route of chemotherapy, I never believed that that was the ultimate uh, solution. And any doctor would tell you that chemo does not necessarily cure the cancer usually it is used to shrink it so that they can then operate on it radiate it and the whole lot um so chemo just gave me um uh, time to discover more and go into into a deeper understanding of my own body and whilst doing so i came across a lot of information um i kind of did a crash course on epigenetics and and how the genes can be literally altered through also um apart from obviously foods certain herbs um uh, and also through meditation how the brain can actually help he he how the body can actually help to heal itself when you understand that the body is not uh, meant to just auto destruct when you when you literally understand that if you for example if you had to if you had to cut yourself your body will automatically heal if you had to break a bone your bone would heal the medicinal kind of the the more 
um, conventional route, let's say if you break a bone, they'll do a cast, but technically they're not doing anything, it's your own body that heals, but uh, medicine can, uh, can assist your body. So that was always the way how I kind of see medicine and um, alternative and complementary therapies. I never saw them as enemies, but as both an, an ideal, um, both the, the, the correct way of um, managing uh, a symptom, but most effective when combined together. And unfortunately, we still are seeing um, a lot of people who are either choosing one route or the other. I never believe that it's it's either left or right, black or white. It's 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 some it's always a bit in the middle. And uh, through, in fact, after having my sessions of chemo, which I managed to do within uh, my sixth session, I managed to do within four months, and uh, never missed one because I, my immunity system was quite dealing with with the chemo itself. Um, uh, quite well because obviously I was I was also juicing I was meditating I still I still exercise um, uh, and most of these things are actually not recommended while <laughs> whilst doing chemo that's the irony of it but I felt the need of doing so um, I always have a very good instinct in a way um, I was always very much in, in touch with my instincts. And uh, I, I kind of do things, even though not always very in a logical way, um, but I'm always very good at, at following my instincts. And when I do, it usually works out really well. <laughs> um, and in fact, I was, uh, uh, after my, my sessions, um, uh, I had surgery, um, because in the meantime, we also discovered we had the BRCA gene, which nowadays I also understand fairly what it is and what have you. But it was my decision to actually go for a bilateral mastectomy. Um, again, most people, especially from the alternative side, would tell you like, oh, it's a, um, it's a violation on the body and this sort of thing. I felt that this was, in a way, um, part of... This is how it was meant to be for me. So I didn't go through surgery um, with the fear of if I don't do this, I might get cancer again. No, I did this because I felt that this was part and parcel of my journey. This is, this is, this is how it should, it should be. Um, again, it's very difficult to explain something, either, but this is how I felt that I need, that is what I needed to, to do. Um, uh, when they did the surgery, they found no traces of cancer at all. So it was a, what we call a complete pathological response. And this doesn't very, happen very often because most of the time, chemo, all it does is just shrinks it so, it is, um, so doctors are able to remove most of it um, through surgery. But when they, when they did surgery, they, dis, they basically examined tissues. Um, obviously, it took a while until, until uh, I got results. I was like, what happened? People who were doing the sessions with me who started, they already started the radiation and everything else, and I'm like still waiting. And they, they told me like, uh, um, we had to kind of examine and re-examine because we couldn't find any traces whatsoever, as if it was never there. 
said like, all right. And obviously I have a particular doctor who, who always tries to pull my leg. <laughs> I said, well, yes, you, you cured it with your soap. <laughs> like, uh, told him, that's not a question of curing it with my soap. That there are many, many things that you can do. And every time he sees me, he's like, oh, yes, oh, yeah, this is... Go eat a so- one of your soaps, and we're always with this type of uh, we have this type of friendly arg- argument about natural and not natural and this sort of thing. But yes, um, I take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> so uh, so basically, I in fact uh, opted not to have radiation, and I also opted not to take further medication. Um, this was kind of my way of saying, like, uh, I mean, I have, I have control over my body and accepting whatever results it might, might lead to, in a sense that um, uh, nowadays I feel that if I, if a reoccurrence should happen, um, uh, no matter whether I take additional pills or whether I do other, other um, uh, treatments or what have you, I still believe that... Um, if if your higher self is actually planning for you to take this route, it will happen anyway, no matter what. Because obviously, having said that, um, I um, I continued doing a lot of research um, in in uh, in uh, alternative and complementary therapies. So um, I have not just said like, all right, let me eat a burger every day, no problem. I have I'll be all right, you know. Um, uh, I make sure that I include um, certain things into my diet uh, and continue with meditation. I do meditation morning and evening. Um, uh, I make sure that that uh, I at least exercise, or be outside, not just exercise, but be outside um, uh, in, in nature for at least an hour a day, have adequate amount of sun, making sure that if I, I have any imbalances in the body, I am constantly in touch with my body to, to make sure that if I need additional supplements, I take. Uh, so there are many things that I, that I do. Um, but obviously, um, that is how I kind of took on board my, the more natural route then. I think, Shaman, one of the things that strikes me about you know, your attitude is that you were very empowered by your diagnosis. Yes. And I think that's something that has really inspired people. Obviously, getting a diagnosis like this, that a lot of people feel overwhelmed and mm-hmm. feel depowered and very out of control of their lives, which creates a kind of negative spiral. Yes. Um, is it just your character? Or was there things in your life that really helped you to kind of see this in a more positive way? Well, um, going through this, mind you, I mean... I didn't just get the diagnosis and like, woohoo, I'm feeling empire, empowered, <laughs> you know? It wasn't that. Um, I had the first two weeks where I had no clue where to start. I had no idea how to basically tackle situation. I actually told par- par- my parents and my boyfriend, do not tell anyone about this. Life is going to continue as usual and do not say anything. So the irony of it is that I didn't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> um, but it came to a point where I, ha- I ended up like almost lying to clients because there were days I mean, during chemo where you feel tired, where you feel nauseous, where you're not feeling your best. 
So, uh, and obviously the effects showed. Here, the, the you know your your hair start falling, falling. I mean, there are different effects, physical effects. So it was like, listen, I, I cannot deal. This is this is just creating more stress. So the the pro that process was um, uh, was almost like uh, when 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 I got got when I first wrote about it, um, uh, it was basically telling people, hey guys, this is what's happening. Um, if I'm not answering the phone, if I'm not, uh, this is what's what's happening. And uh, so that is kind of how it started. Now going back to what. What you've asked me, really and truly, I mean, through through my life, I passed through a lot of things. Um, um, in my teenage years, I was bullied, and um, I for, for quite some time, and then I went into very abusive relationships, and then so I had came across a lot of of things in my life, but somehow. In, in a very, again, weird way, there was always some sort of force telling me, you know, in every situation there was something telling me like, listen, you are better than this, move on. It was like someone literally just shook me and <laughs> made me move on to something else. And again, I can't explain it because it was not taught or um, I never really... No, no one told me like this is what you should do or or whatever. But in some in some way, I kind of always managed to get out of those situations, but at the same time be very grateful for those situations. So um, the way how kind of things evolved, it seems like everything led to this point where it was something which was very, I mean, telling, having a doctor telling you, you know, you have cancer. It's quite a mind-blowing experience. I still remember the first time I actually, he looked at me and said, Maya, yes, you were right, it was cancer. <laughs> I, still, I can still remember the whole scene, the office and the doctors and the people who were there as if it was yesterday. So I guess... For some reason, I've passed through all this. I kind of the way how I see it is that all this didn't just happen haphazardly. Kind of all this situation made me face this 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 scenario. Um, the way how I face it is because I had other experiences that made me stronger, made me who I am. So again, I was not taught or no one told me, you know, this is how you should deal with it or, but kind of I always, throughout my life I always remembered, um, I always remember um, staying for a while uh, in bed, alone, in my room and just be quiet. And for some, I mean, something just kind of clicks telling me, you know, you need to do something about it. This is how you need to do it. This is what needs to be done, you know? <laughs> I think in a way, from, from what you're saying, it's kind of making me think that 
you always found meaning in your challenges. And yes. I think this is the thing, when, when we have something very difficult to go through, but we see that there's meaning in it, and that kind of facing it is going to make us a better, stronger, happier person, it kind of gives us that inspiration and that power to face it. Whereas when things feel meaningless, it's a little bit difficult. And I mean, credit to you, because cancer is a very... You can feel very meaningless, you know, yes. like, why? A lot of people ask why, and there's not very often no why, really and truly. So... I'm sure, you know, to have that kind of positive outlook and just say, like, okay, you know, this is here, maybe for a reason, but either way, you know, going through that is going to help me to become the person and make the choices that I really want to make. Usually, while I'm in the situation, (laughs) it doesn't feel like, all right, I'm going, you know, I'll be, I feel great after this. (laughs) Usually, it doesn't feel that way, but, um, but, ah, the thing is, uh, most people, I the way how the way how I kind of I always loved observing people. Mind you, I had studied psychology, but I did never continued doing that. Um, but something that fascinated me a lot is like I I just simply just I can stay I just can sit down and observe people all day, and the way how they talk, the way how they move, the way their experience I just love observing them one of the things which I come across a lot especially since I've been through that I come across a lot of um, questions and people messaging me and um, seeing uh, certain statuses on my f- social media and this sort of thing it's like how how much people like to hang on to their past um, there was a particular one of them just a few days ago, I had seen this a few days ago, where a particular lady who's now in her 50s, probably, if not more, um, wrote about a situation um, when she was still in primary school and her teacher had told, us, had told her to shut up while she was singing because her voice was ugly and she told... He told she, um, uh, uh, she, the teacher told her to just mime it. So she was doing a choir class, from what I guess, she was doing a, a choir class, and her teacher literally just told her to shut up. And, uh, and she still, and uh, the way how she finishes, like uh, how, how, much, um, how, how much words can shape the, uh, our, lives. Uh, our lives, which is true. But it also kind of, the way how it felt was that she was still believing she cannot do something because of that person who, while she was still seven years of age, told her she cannot do. So that's how it kind of how it felt. I might be completely wrong, but that's how it, that's how it, felt, it, it felt. Because, I mean, even if, a, if someone tells you you're not good at this particular thing, it doesn't mean that few years down the line you're not going to be good at you just have to persist in a way if you really love singing then just continue doing it you know you just learn about uh, more if you really want to if you really love it just continue to learn and be good at it sometimes it takes practice other people comes to them naturally it's fine either way it doesn't matter as long as you're happy doing it don't let anyone else telling you telling you you know you cannot do that and we kind of live a lot with certain limitations. Um, for example, 
I have, I have um, I'll be hosting a um, uh, a workshop very soon for, for somebody about entrepreneurship and something again which I come across and because it's not the first time which I've encountered entrepreneurs or people who are still very young and would like to open up businesses is how much they are constantly faced with their own limitations in terms of like uh, they feel that they can that they don't have the most brilliant idea or that they feel that uh, they don't have enough money or they feel that um, they don't have the skills or they feel that um, uh, something might go wrong and um, maybe it's best not to do it and it constantly f- f- the fear of of something and and I tell most of my clients, I mean, I tell most people and most entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, I started my business with just uh, a, f- a, few, a few hundred uh, euros, literally. I, ne- I never really, um, never had enough, en- enough money to a certain extent in the terms that um, I do not come from a business-oriented family, um, so I had no clue as regards to skills how to run a business. Um, I had, uh, I had, I didn't have the money for it. I just loved making soap, and uh, it was something I wanted to share with the with the world. So that is kind of that is was like. Listen, I'm, at the time I was still living with my parents and. And I know I had their support. So I said, you know, I go home, I have something to eat and I have somewhere where to sleep. That's enough. <laughs> that is simply enough. And then basically I just do this. I try my best. I kind of um, uh, do whatever it takes. I see how it goes for the next uh, year or so. If it works out, it does. If not, all right. It's, it's okay too. It doesn't mean that I am less of a person and doesn't mean that um, uh, I, I, I am not capable of doing something else. It just means that, hey, I mean, it's not maybe the right time to do it. So, uh, yes, it took, it took quite a couple of years until it actually stabilized itself and actually was making any money out of it. <laughs> um, but again, obviously, also due to the fact that I still had to learn also the art of of running a business because also running a business is it's an art in itself. Yeah. Uh, but but persistence kind of paid off. I think going back to what you said, you know, the, the story that you mentioned, uh, we're not really taught how to manage our own limitations yes. and how to deal with them. Yes. Uh, very often um, there's an author that I really love called Caroline Mace. Okay, and she yes, was talking yes. about a moment where she was sitting down having a drink with a friend and this person came over to introduce, like she was saying hi to the friend and she introduced herself to this person and she said like, hi, my name is Rita and I'm a rape victim. Okay. And it really struck her that this person, this trauma that she had gone through, you know, as as horrible that it is, it became her identity Uh and it was like second with her name. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's the same with a lot of things that happen if you go bankrupt, if you get an illness, you know, especially yeah. a cancer diagnosis, it's like a mark for your life, yeah. you're a cancer patient. Yes, yeah, or a survivor. It's a psychiatric <laughs> conditions, it's like a mark for life. <laughs> okay. And in a way, we're not taught how to 
question mm -hmm. these labels that other people put on yes. us. I mean, I had, I had the same experience that I was labeled not a good singer when I was at school. <laughs> okay, all right. And you're a musical. And it was, in fact, we mentioned this in the first Grossenbo <laughs> podcast with Dave, that it took me leaving to Peru for a year when no one knew that I was not good at music for me to start practicing music because everybody there thought I was really good. <laughs> Because I was playing these very cheesy American songs, and then something that they love is, yes. oh, you're so good, you have a good voice. And I said, I think, you're like, ah, maybe I can sing. Of course. Yeah. Um, and that experience really, I, I reference it a lot, because it taught me how even yourself, you put labels on yourself, and yes. I'm not good at this, or I can't do that. But in reality, you know, there's a lot of potential for us to really question. Yes whether these things are really true. Exactly. Um, but in a sense, we also don't have the tools to question because we're not really taught from a young age to reflect and also to process our emotions and understand ourselves. So we're kind of just being hit. By yeah, exactly. That throws at us. Exactly, because we're, as you're saying, we're not really taught. We're taught how to, you know, formulate sentences in different languages. We're, we're taught how to um, uh, do multiplications and... and you know, I mean, we're taught about history, which is not always the irony of it that most history changes changes constantly because they find new new things. So it's not always correct. Even languages, apparently, like Maltese, changes constantly. Uh, <laughs> so it's never really correct. <laughs> but anyway, but but we're never really taught to just to just kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. It just it just. We, we're constantly thinking how to do this, how and uh, what's going to happen next. And I see this as well a lot in, in, in the lit, little kids now growing up that they, they're constantly thinking, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Like, just allow life to just, you know, take its, its course. Sometimes life is unpredictable. You just have to just flow, flow and not, not think in terms of like, all right, this, um, uh, you know, this happened to me because I am being punished, for example. A lot of people come a lot, a, a lot across this, this idea of punishment. I got this because in a way I, have, I feel punished. In our, um, and it's not the case. It just, Again, talking about the can cancer itself, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, pun a punishment. Just have to understand that um, the way how I see it is that, as as I was explaining before, the body does not just um, does not just auto destruct. There's something not necessarily balanced out. So it's very important to go inwards and kind of wait, just stop for a second and say like, all right, where, what can I improve upon, you know, I mean, on my life? What, what is, how can I make, make it better? It doesn't mean the diagnosis is secondary, you know, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm doing this just to get healed. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's more like... This is a moment where you need to just stop and see how I can change things, tune, to fine tune certain things. Like for example, I used to be, um, since obviously soap coffee was my little my is my little baby, um, I used to be very much constantly in control. I never I was always hold, holding it from from. Uh, uh, 
you know, from actually giving that control to somebody else. Um, so it taught me, we were actually speaking about this before this podcast, that just learning how to delegate certain things, letting go of certain things, um, uh, letting go of certain mistakes. For example, if I forget for, forget to do something or, um, you know, make a mistake on a particular order, it's fine, it's okay, it's just a mistake, no big deal, you know what I mean? Um, and you start, rather than stressing about all these little things, you just let them go. I mean, they're not going to change, you know, drastically anybody's not life. life or <laughs> that. So you start letting go. You start kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the process of letting go is much harder than most, than most people actually think. Yeah. Um, but once you actually manage that, it becomes easy in a way that's like it's so liberating it's so like it's <laughs> <sighs> so good you just yeah. the ball yes <laughs> I'm really glad that you brought this up because actually I've been I've had this question in my mind since like the, the second minute of the podcast <laughs> because you mentioned that you had a lot of masculine attributes yes. growing up yes. and I, I was the same when I was younger I was very independent I was very sportive and it came to a point in my life where I, I realized that actually there are these feminine characteristics that I needed to cultivate within yes. my life to round my personality and also because it feels good. Yes. You know, more feminine, yes. um, patience, tolerance, compassion, empathy. Yes. I needed that in my life. And it was quite a process in my life of um, things that I did which, which helped me to discover that, that part of myself. And I feel obviously you've gone, gone through something similar. And... It's very interesting that you're mentioning this go, go, go mm-hmm. thing because it's, in a sense, more of the masculine yes. action yes, exactly. as opposed to the feminine just being. Exactly. And our whole society is driven around the idea that you always have to be in motion. You always yes. have to be going forward. It's about productivity and hustling. And especially, you know, we're both entrepreneurs. We're both in the business world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, there's a very famous guy uh, called Gary Vaynerchuk and he's all about hustling and like, go, go, go. I was a friend that put me in touch with him like in his social media and I, I was just watching it saying like I think I'm pretty much the opposite oh, yeah. to this kind of this kind of character and uh, as I said like, it's a very you know western capitalistic um, mechanism and in a sense like it's almost very rebellious in today's age especially as on, an entrepreneur to say no I'm gonna take a step back and I'm gonna tap out and I'm gonna be and I'm gonna nourish myself and get into that inspiration yeah. and ultimately it's going to help your yeah. creativity your business your relationships and whatnot but it's not an easy thing to do it's not very it's not it's not i mean but that's the thing and people again it's always about black and white you know um, uh, for for each individual to to feel to feel good in oneself you have to nurture both you have to nurture the masculine side I mean, uh, the the logical, the go go go, the yeah, the, the the action, the in it because otherwise uh, we just procrastinate, we just don't do anything, we just sit all day, um, even though sitting all day in, on a beach with a cocktail sounds really nice, you'll get bored for sure doing that every every single day for you know the rest of your life, um, but it's also a matter of balancing it out with the more softer version of you the kind 
and this doesn't just have to be either man or woman. What I mean is like uh, we are so we have so many archetypes like the man who's just the macho and the the women that always looks like a Barbie and a sort of uh, it does it, it, it it's a combination of bo- a combination of both in a sense that and did, I I kind of got in touch with these realities in a way <laughs> with the, these two um, energies even during the treatment per se the fact that obviously as a as a female as a woman I mean um, when you start losing your hair um, and obviously going through a bilateral mastectomy um, you feel very much defeminized you you look at yourself and you see completely something completely different um, and again, one of, one of the things where glamorosity was born is the fact that during treatment, to a certain extent, I looked the best version of myself ever. That's, again, it's an ironic, it's very ironic in a sense that for a few years prior to the diagnosis, I was, even though I was still very kind of feminine, but I was literally, I was feeling exhausted, tired, I couldn't be bothered to do my hair, I barely did any makeup, it's like, and although this might sound very superficial for, for a lot of people, in a way it helped me, it helped me a lot during the, during the diagnosis while I was actually taking chemo, um, to actually feel good in, in, in my own body, in a sense that I was not not necessarily feel good as just as a female, but feeling good and appreciative, appreciative of my own body. So I was also doing up my makeup, but at the same time had a very kind of androgynous type of style and, and, and the way how I used to dress, uh, but kind of combining these two and somehow I felt like you know, this feels good, it's, it's fine, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to necessarily fit in the, the look of a female or the look of a male, it can be both, and it's fine, you know, and uh, my, shaven, my shaved head, <laughs> it wasn't shaved, my hair fell out, but looked still good, and uh, my skin looked radiant, and uh, I was, you know, I felt very stylish in a way, just, again, that was the reason why the name was Glamorosity, it's like, how do you associate glamour with, 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 because uh, the name Glamorosity comes from the word glamour and generosity, mind you, and the reason why is because I felt that feeling good, and again, going back to what we said, feeling good is on a variety of levels, um, both physical, mental and spiritual, eating well, um, meditation, um, uh, even things that you put on your skin, um, uh, together with the generosity of others, since I've seen a lot of people who helped me um, during treatments, offered me, for example, a box of organic veggies, and uh, had people even sending me vouchers of grass, they knew that, they, they liked, that I liked the... Uh, the shop so we used to, used to go lunch for example um, uh, there were different things so I felt that these two elements were imperative in 
in my in my healing because i felt good no matter the no matter the the end result it just felt good it just felt good to feel good to to you know look at my look at the mirror and not feel like i am sick but rather look at at the mirror and say i am healthy you know this this idea that we're constantly thinking of i of cancer as being something such a, a an evil entity that has literally gone like uh, penetrated into you and and want to take your life out and you need to fight it it's like i mean and all this is really not the idea of fighting cancer is very is actually very harmful mm-hmm. for for the individual in in terms of like people want to see themselves as warriors people want to see themselves as being you know fighting this and and there's a lot of media um involving and brainwashing us into thinking you need to fight cancer but it has nothing to do with fighting because when you start understanding that cancer is simply your own mechanism trying to mutate because it cannot live in the old self in a toxic environment where it's either constantly either bombarded with um stress which i was very guilty of um uh, or else incorrect incorrect uh, nourishment um or resentment so emotional emotional tightness and, and uh, all these things kind of can contribute to your body changing itself to try to survive in a different environment so it's not do it's not just your body is trying to kill you sex is trying to survive that's why it's so important to go inwards and, and literally knowing you know what can be changed what how, how what i am not letting go of uh, how can i can i you know improve on my health how can i um, eat better how can i deal with stress better how can i enjoy this this moment how can i you know how can how can i be a better person and not necessarily thinking oh when i will be healthy again but thinking in terms of like now i am a healthy being how how does feeling healthy feels like how does a person who has vitality how does a person who um is 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 just you know full of life feels like and basically kind of feeling that feeling and 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 basically be a better person not thinking how can i be that but yeah which obviously like when you think how can i be that it's like a, a lack of acceptance of where you are exactly now. exactly what you said was exactly. a really beautiful way of feeling at home in your own skin exactly going back to femininity there's nothing more beautiful than a woman who is just at peace with herself exactly and, exactly and radiance shines exactly out. exactly so yes i mean some people can use makeup others don't and it's fine it's not a question of of uh, uh, and I use makeup because it's it's very superficial for most people to take make, makeup but makeup can can have a a sense of like appreciating it is a tool of appreciating your own femininity but if for you it doesn't mean that it's not going and and if 
most people and there are so some men who tend to also like oh I don't like women to make up or as people who are the woman has to have makeup it's like they're not really understanding the concept behind um, why for example makeup is used and again I, I am actually talking about makeup because it is seen as something that you cover that you that you kind of not liking yourself and it's not the case it can be used in a in a very in a kind of very harmonious, harmonious way you know even uh, I had a, a particular client who um, had an alopecia problem for example I when I growing up I had that problem too I had alopecia my doctors never understood where it came from alopecia is basically when hair starting starting to fall off so for me even going through this it means like I was going through through that time again and when you're when you have alopecia during teenage years when you obviously t- being a teenager you're under so much pressure um, of of uh, of the of your peers and that you have to look in a certain way and obviously hair is something that was that is is not was but is something which is synonymous with women and femininity and losing hair growing up was a big a big deal it was you know it was something like I never really felt comfortable with my own self. Um, uh, I always see myself looking at the mirror, seeing myself as being ugly because I didn't have hair. So I also had wigs. I grew up with wigs and doing things on my hair. So in a way, it wasn't something new when I went through chemo and and my hair kind of fell off. But the irony is, I even though I I in the, again a bit in the first few weeks I said like, all right, I'm going to treat myself into having a really nice um, custom-made wig, which cost me around 500 euros at the time. It's like, oh. <laughs> um, uh, but, but I just wanted to treat myself. Mm-hmm. And this wig, I've only used for like a couple of times <laughs> after. Because I was literally, I was in a completely different frame of mind. I accepted the fact that this, that the treatment, that, that my healing process... This was part of my healing process, and I kind of felt proud with my bald head. I used to go out with, with, without, without any wigs, without any, anything. So going back to that client I was talking about, I was telling her about my experience. I was telling her all this, and yes, there are things which can be done to help, but to kind of not have her hair determine who she is, like we were saying, with labels. For sure. I mean, I actually shaved my head voluntarily four years ago, so I know exactly how you feel. And it, it was very funny. I remember I, I shaved it was, you know, skin and long hair before. And I remember passing by the first mirror and, like, seeing myself. It was almost a bit scary. And you're like, oh, who's that? You know, because you don't recognize yourself. And it really made me realize how, in a sense, as you said, you know, hair and makeup can be a tool when they come, you're using them from a place of self-acceptance. Yes. They're a beautiful thing, but at the same time, they can also be something that will hide behind. Yes. And for me, when I shaved my head, it's like I didn't have this hair kind of bringing this easy femininity. Yes. So it's almost like you have to really discover that feminine quality yes. within yourself. Exactly. And then once you have that, 
then it then again it's just like the tools you know? exactly. you're, not, you're not depending on them but exactly. you're wielding them to your own joy and your own will which is a much more beautiful beautiful way that's the thing and then the, and in fact this particular client when she finally understood I spent like two hours with her and uh, um, talking about this and talking about the her self-acceptance and letting go of, of all of all you know the labels and kind of the archetypes of, of you know how a woman should look like and how anyone I mean should look like um, a few a couple of months later I received a message from her saying like it was the first time for me going out without my wigs on and it was much better than I actually thought mm-hmm. and that was for me it was she made my day literally because for for me to to have sent out this message to her it kind of made her feel confident that for me it was the biggest gift mm-hmm. because I know how it felt for me so I want this to you know I want especially women because it is sometimes harder for women to to appreciate um, uh, you know themselves hair or no hair because I again I mean it's incredible how many people when they're diagnosed with cancer the first thing they think is they're going to have no they don't they're not going to have hair it's like seriously you're you're being you're being faced with a life-threatening situation and all you're thinking is hair so but um everyone has its own demons to face um, and I'm not not judging anyone but um the understanding of actually being appreciative of oneself, even the fact that, for example, I had a bilateral mastectomy. I mean, I, again, for most women, having no breast is like uh, literally chopping off their femininity. Literally. Um, but it kind of... it it. it it didn't feel that way for me. It wasn't uh, the way how I saw it. I got new boobs, mind you. <laughs> uh, probably they'd look much better when I'm 50, 60 years old. <laughs> so, so, so you were joking about you were very public as well. Yes. You were posting photos online of your surgery, which is a very brave and very vulnerable thing to do. And I, I really applaud you for that. Because it's, it's a very powerful statement as well. Yes. Other women understand, you know. Like we can still be proud of ourselves. Of course, we are, exactly. No matter how we look. Yes, but that's the thing. I mean, again, uh, most people would, some people would tell me like, uh, so why did you reconstruct uh, your your breast again? Now I'm still in the process of reconstruction. If you feel that you're so empowered without, um, I guess uh, I didn't. I I I don't know why I did it. I just did it because it felt. It's the best thing uh, in the long run. Kind of feeling that um, during surgery, I could, during the actual surgery of removal of breast tissue, you can have them reconstructed. You can start the reconstruction on the same day, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And for me, the idea of reducing um, reducing the amount of surgeries um, was kind of primary to, um, to avoid going back and thinking oh, I should have done them I should have done this and, uh. so so kind of in a way the logic went in rather than just you know uh, uh, 
just saying like, oh, I'm comfortable without them. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I just kind of went in with saying like, let let me start the reconstruction process. In fact, most cases in a year you do the full reconstruction probably in my case it's taking more than two years or something like that because I am not in a hurry I'm taking I'm taking it slowly I don't want to rush the process and kind of um, it's not a priority for me again it's not an extreme as well like if I'm okay with my femininity then I shouldn't want reconstruction if I tend to extreme is very extreme in reality as long as you're coming from a place of connection to yourself and what you feel then actually the the physical manifestation of how that looks is irrelevant yes 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 we're so oh my god as humans we're so want like this is right this is wrong wrong. but it's not there's no such thing as right or wrong and that's that's the thing I mean always people always think this is how I should do things this is how you should do things and it's like and it's nothing like that it's it's um uh, what if this felt good for me it doesn't mean it's going to feel good for you what we're saying is simply the way how we see things but uh, for someone else it could be completely something different and it's fine as well that is where acceptance should come from that is where i mean it, it should uh, unfortunately that's where conflict starts to kind of come in yeah. it, the fact that people are always trying to find the truth or the the right way but truth is very vast reality for in itself is very vast you can see reality in a different way it's like i had this session with with uh, um, something about reality it's like th- this whole thing about reality with 16 year olds a class of 16 year olds and i was i had water the same like here i have a, a glass of water with have have glass full and it's like like all right describe the this for me and some people told me you know this is a very old old uh, thing of the yeah. an old example you know describe this glass for me and the people and these 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 uh, teenagers were saying like some of them were half full half empty you know coming up with different descriptions and it's like from just a, a, a glass of water I'm just um, you you get so many pers- perspectives so many um, ideas that can you really justify can you say this is correct or this isn't correct uh, you know you, ca- you cannot there are so many different realities because reality is what how you see life at the end of the day it is not necessarily black on white it's just it just is it's yeah. just how you interpret life in general and how, how you feel at the end of the day and yeah. going back to that yeah. you know, it's, it's very much about just sort of taking the time to go into what you feel and I think this is a really big problem in our society yes. we don't take the time out to listen yes. just simple reflection like you mm-hmm. said you, know, you go an hour every day out in nature I mean I try to do the same thing I, I, I'm a big surfer so I love going into the sea and for me when I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for the waves to roll in, it's such a period where, like, all of these thoughts, you know, they, they just come out. Yeah. And um, it's really beautiful because it's like you process and you realise what, what you're just thinking yes. kind of in the moment that's not really real and what's really coming from, exactly. from your depth. And I think, you know, going this podcast has a bit of a theme about femininity. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, going back as well to really the art of femininity and yeah. It is very much, you know, this ability to feel and be very intuitive and 
be very accepting and, and receptive to life. Yes. Which is unfortunately something that many women in today's world are losing. Mind you, we're not talking about women only, we're also talking about yes, male. Very true. So, um, uh, m- male. Uh, uh, male bodies uh, can still uh, can still take on the energy, the female energy. And when I say this, I'm not talking about being gay because mm-hmm. that's what most yeah. people have this wrong idea yeah. that uh, yeah. about femininity and masculinity. Yeah. Um, it's actually um, this this being in tune with one with. Literally, from both both aspects, it's being feeling both energy in in yourself. And again, it's difficult to explain in a sense that you just have to be acceptant. You have to have acceptance of a variety of feelings. It's fine if you're a male and you feel like crying. I mean, if you feel that you're sad. And you feel that you need to cry. Why not? And uh, a woman should not judge that as being... Because sometimes what happens is that from a woman's point of view, to see her man crying could could also... I mean, sometimes there are certain women who would tell you, oh, Bella, you know, you, you're, you're a man. You're not... You should... And this happens a lot with mothers who have sons and would tell them, oh, don't cry, you're a man. Why? Why should a man not cry? For example, you know, it's 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 a natural it's a natural way of letting go certain certain uh, anger. And exactly in the opposite way, and also opposite certain way. women exactly. being judged for having more leadership. Exactly, exactly, literally. Or I mean, um, happens a lot. In a way, it happens a lot in a sense that when you're strong and when you're um, when you have certain. So when you take a stand, people mm-hmm. will judge you as a bitch. <laughs> that's that's uh, and uh, although to be honest, in in all fairness, I've rarely had any situations with businessmen, for example, with men mm-hmm. who who would um, uh, try to to diminish my position or anything like that. So, I mean. Lately, we've had, we've gone through Women's Day, and I've been contacted with various entities about you know your role as being a, a businesswoman and 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 again sometimes they put so much energy in this distinguish distinguishing businesswoman and male and kind of making women feel that they need to be you know up there and you know feeling that women should be this way and you know what I mean even even the way how to be honest even the 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 president's speech kind of put me off a bit um, in a sense that yes we need to remember women's day as what they passed through and what have you but but it's also a question we we cannot just continue again fighting this this thing i mean women have a, a, a way of doing things and men have a their way of doing things and that is fine we always think about being equal to men and we are not equal in a sense that we are not the same men have their strengths women have their strengths 
we, we are strong together because we are different. So it doesn't mean that we have to be a certain way, we have to be like men to be equal to men, you know what I mean? That, that is kind of constantly coming up when, when people are trying to say because women are soft and, and men are, are stronger. It's like, yes, it's important to have both softness and strength. Mm-hmm. It's and strength can be softness and strength. Exactly. But it's um, in, in, in that sense that we are equal, that yeah. we can be equal in mm-hmm. that sense, not equal in a sense that we have to literally have the male traits mm-hmm. to, to be equal to, yeah. to men. Yeah, I mean, I think well, you said that beautifully. It's exactly um, how I would see it as well. It's not about equality, it's about each person. I'm not just male and exactly. female, but each person just being true to themselves and if you go within you're going to find exactly. your own strengths and yes. it's not about measuring yourself to some standard in society whether that be gender based, race based, exactly. religious based or whatever exactly. it may be but really discovering authentically who you are and what your strengths are. Uh, it's there again talking about religion for example it's again this conflict between which religions are better if you're Christian you're there, if you're Buddhist you're another like Seriously, if you really understand that there's not no such thing as you know religions as such, religions are simply organizations in a way. Um, uh, they uh, they have their their kind of leader, which is either, for example, in this case, either Buddha or Muslim or Jesus, but they all come from the same teachings. And it's a pity that we always, again, see, we try to, we always judge someone. It's not your job to judge anyone, you know, uh, or as talk about God, whatever religion you're talking about, as if you're having a cappuccino with him and knowing his thoughts. Um, uh, you have no idea what it's, it's, uh, the, it's not like God is uh, this man with a beard and a, and a uh, you know, a club on, in, in his hand, uh, smashing heads if you're, if you're um, uh, not, not uh, following the right path or, you know, being punished for, mm-hmm. if you're not following certain things or, it's, it has nothing I mean, to do with it. in a way, you can say again, it's, you know, bringing something which is very internal, you know, spirituality or connection to God is a very internal, exactly. exactly. And again, when we bring it out into the world, it's always going to get distorted and be different based exactly. on exactly. Know, geography, politics, yeah. environment, etc. And it's a pity because the teachings are there. And then you the teachings take it to yourself. <laughs> and then you take it and interpret it the way, again, reality. Reality does not really exist. <laughs> I mean, the reality is just an interpretation of. Thing. Not even the stable is real, really and truly. We're seeing it because we're, sen- we're, we're seeing it through our senses. We're seeing them, we're touching it, so we're interpreting it through our senses. But when you're literally, if you had to have uh, these really cool, uh, what are they, like uh, microscopic, uh, what are they called, microscopes type of, type of things, and you have to really analyze uh, the wood in, in the, on the stable, and you had to go into the atom, and, and the actual atom, there is nothing inside. 
whatsoever. It's just energy. It's uh, yeah. nothing. It's so so this is an accumulation, a conglomeration of 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 bits of molecules, atoms together, and then formulating a a, a surface. But technically, it's nothing. <laughs> it, if you go through it so so deep, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's it's. Um, Okay, it's it's basically life. Um, ha- life is. I don't think that life. The way how I see things now, it's like I don't think life is what it is just on a physical plane, on like our bodies, and that's it. Um, some people argue that they 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 basically die and either go to heaven or or hell. Or people, some people will tell you, you know, we just die and that's it. Um, I don't believe that you die and that's it in the first place because um, we are energies and energies cannot die and energy cannot die from a from a physics point of view. Mm-hmm. It, um, an energy is is not perishable. It is exactly now. Obviously, some people will tell you because we reincarnate into something else. I mean. At the at the present time, we, no one really knows, you know, and it's useless thinking about that. What I think should be should people think about is kind of how they can be a better person, because and not necessarily how I can help others. And I know that this might sound selfish, but it's, it, we always kind of think in terms of like helping others and not really helping ourselves. Um, when the, and I like to kind of compare it with a well. If a well is empty, um, it cannot feed the thirsty. Um, it cannot, you know, quench the thirst of someone. But when a well is full, you're not only giving water, mm-hmm. but you're also feeding off other wells because wells are usually connected. Yeah. So when you're full. When your energy is full, when you're full of vitality, when you're when you're happy, when you're when you're satisfied, you automatically transmit that to other people, and automatically this energy goes through through someone else, and this someone else can transmit that to someone else, and that is where we can create a better life. And it's useless, for example. Again, thinking thinking in terms of like, oh, we are polluting this planet, blah blah blah, and we're, you know, and this is doing that to it. Rather than thinking we are polluting the planet, how can I do something about it? We always think in terms of how can someone else do something about it? How our politicians can do something about it? How how you know uh, how some scientists come up with an idea to do something or we're always trying trying to put the responsibility onto someone else rather than taking the responsibility and saying how can i make this better you don't need to come up with an invention really and truly all you need to do is kind of be aware uh, being mindful of things that you eat because obviously things that you eat someone has to to produce them um, uh, so when you're thinking for example you're promoting organic uh, products um, uh, if there's a demand for them then more farmers can 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 uh, um, uh, you know do more organic farming if you're if you're uh, if you're thinking in terms of like how can i reduce the amount of bottles that i'm using and choosing things uh, for example we have a, a refill system one one of the things which which we kind of promote so again you don't have to 
you know, come up with certain inventions, uh, you can just simply, simply, rather than thinking in terms of just recycling, because sometimes recycling can actually, is actually, um, consumes more energy, because you need to break down something to construct something else, um, uh, think in terms of reusing certain things, or be mindful of, of uh, you know the, the amount of furniture that you're using or the 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 type of clothes that you are choosing for example um uh, these things will make so you sort of coming to yourself and your sort of simple things that you can do yes, in your life exactly. to change yourself but that's the thing if each and every single individual changes these little these little things which really and truly might look or sound insignificant, imagine, I, I, I tell this to my clients, if, for example, you come with this, you use a bottle of shampoo um, each month, right? In 12 months, you obviously put 12, 12 bottles in the bin. Um, that is just one shampoo. Can you imagine? I'm, I'm talking from a cosmetic point of view because obviously I come from that, from that uh, department. But imagine if, if 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 it's not just shampoo. You're using conditioner. You're using um, soap. You're using um, perfumes. You're using. Imagine the amount of just from the cos- from a cosmetic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we calculated more or less that that uh, on average a person throws between depending whether male, female, and the quantity of, of, of in the family and what have you. But on an average, on average a person, at, at least from cos- cosmetics only, and when I say cosmetics, shampoo, conditioners as well, not makeup, um, they throw between 60 bottles to 100 bottles per year. That's just from one person, from a from a cosmetic point of view, the toilet paper rolls, toothpaste, yeah. deodorants, and this sort of thing. So imagine if you had to just start refilling most of these products. Imagine how much how much you can can reduce just from from a cosmetic point of view. Now, when it comes to food, avoiding prepacked food, going um, uh, and eat things that are uh, mostly even plant based, do not need so much packaging and this sort of thing. So again. I would going to a grocery, not, not a grocery shop, or these these um, veggie veggie car, veggie vans yeah. or or whatever um, place. You just go with your own bag and put fresh veggies into your into your uh, into your basket, your own basket. You're not just avoiding, especially you know these frozen frozen vegetables that are again packaged in something else and being processed. Of course it's- it's a lot easier to kind of critique society and say like, oh, this is no, bad. No, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that. I'm not even... bring this personal discipline into your life and yeah. say, you know, like, for example, I did um, this January, I said, I'm not going to buy any plastic bottles of water or plastic bags for this year, hopefully for the rest of my life. And sometimes it's just about, you know, going back into the simple little yes. things in your life that you exactly. can and say, you know what, I'm going to make this change. And it feels great yes. to do something small, and it's not, as you said, not about whether you're going to change the world, but about how you feel about the decisions yes. that you're taking. Exactly, in your life. exactly. But there's the thing. I mean, again, most people see see when I talk about even changing diet or changing changing this the way how it, it's like they they see it as something which is so 
how can I say it? Like, it's so complicated. Whereas, really and truly, it's simplifying things, not complicating things. It's breaking it down to the the simplest form of of you know living. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, eh? Like one of life's many paradoxes. <laughs> Sure, and I always end the podcast with one question. You've actually answered this question in many ways, um, but if there's maybe one thing that you want to add, maybe something that you haven't shared, maybe something you've shared already, but for you, what does it mean to live a nourished life? Well, a nourished life, again, I mean, yes, answered through this many times. Um, nourished is also health, and health for me is being well in my body being um, knowing that my body is, is is a vessel that i need to obviously take care of it this is not necessarily um the um it is not necessarily a, how can i say it? it's it, not not even a machine you cannot even say it's a machine but it's a it's a vessel that's the more more beautiful word for it really and truly it is not uh, the final destination. My body is not the final destination. I know that I am not here. This this body is not going to live forever. Um, and that is something which a lot of people tend to argue. Oh, why should I change? I mean, I'm not going to live forever. And blah, blah. But it's not, it's not the case. You nourish your body from uh, a physical point of view means good food and and uh, obviously exercise to make sure that this vessel works um, the right way making sure that um, you're mentally and emotionally um, stable and healthy in a sense that you're content and and, um, happy where you're where you're at 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 that point in time it doesn't it doesn't matter what's going to happen in a year, tomorrow, or the next five minutes, because all we have is, is now, the second, really, and really, that's all we have. And obviously being, um, uh, being well also from a point of view, from a spiritual point of view, in terms of knowing and feeling that there's much more to this physical body. There's a... Uh, there is something much bigger than us, and it's not necessarily linked with religion. I'm not talking about religion, but knowing that um, uh, there is a mind, not just a brain. That um, uh, we are when when you have a few minutes and you're quiet, you know, you feel that there is much more to life than just this body, this chair, this table, you know, the, the space that we are in. There is a, a much bigger plan, and feeling that you are watched over, in a sense that you, that someone is actually protecting you, is is a very comforting um, uh, feeling, and I think that is what it means to me being healthy or being nourished uh, from that three points of view. Kind of. <laughs> Thank you, that was beautiful. I really like that you said like the contentment as well. You know, yes. we often very find it very easy with discontent with some yes. things in our life, but cultivating a mindset of being content with what you have. Yes. We 
especially if you are a woman, we're very lucky and we have big community ties and family and friends and support systems. So. And it's wealthy. It's, it's a wealthy society. No matter mm -hmm. how many people will actually think otherwise, mm -hmm. it's a wealthy society. And we can really, this little island, the advantage of this little island is that since we're so small, mm -hmm. we can do so much mm -hmm. because even if we had to think just organic farming, imagine if, if Malta would have been the first country that is fully organic. How much it would, you know, it's much more easy to, to, to implement here rather than to implement in France or in, in Italy or in whole Europe because it's so big. So we have so, this little line can offer so many advantages. Mm -hmm. We just have to think in a mentality of abundance, not of lack, mm -hmm. not what we have done, but what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Perfectly said. Sure, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a really, really beautiful conversation. And the, I mean, there's so many other things we could have oh, talked about. Oh, we can stay here to the yes, evening. Because we didn't even mention, you know, the business and also conscious business of startups which is a whole conversation <laughs> maybe <laughs> next time yes maybe next time so thank you again and thank you to everyone for listening I hope you got some wisdom and some inspiration I really thank Charlene for just speaking so honestly and vulnerably about what are very deep and intimate um, things that happen in our lives so um, yeah, my, my gratitude you for that as always if you have any feedback we'd love to hear from you it really inspires us to, to keep doing this and if you have any suggestions for other guests that we can bring onto the show we'd love to hear from you thank you very much and see you again soon holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. There's something celebratory about bubbles. Our ridiculous selection of champagne and sparkling wines will make the holidays pop. Crisp whites pair perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Let me show you the perfect Sauve Blanc. Pinot Noir is the classic wine pairing for turkey. But if you want something more edgy, how about an easy-drinking Cotarone? Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!